This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast. There are so many podcasts out there, thank you for choosing us. I'm your host, Xiao Suen, and this week we've got with us Jonathan Roberts. How are you? What do you mean this week? I'm always here. That is true. It's just that we switch roles for today. So this week, we each went to see separate films. Yours Le- leading our separate lives. We both chose our films and we went our own separate ways. You apparently really didn't enjoy yours, even though everyone else seems to think it was great. What did you go and see again? I went to see Shazam. And so what yes, did you think? I'm in a minority. Uh, it's really a case of, did I watch the same film as everyone else? Because at the moment, it's got like 93% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Overwhelmingly positive reviews. Everyone says, oh, this is a breath of fresh air. And I, what can I say? I'm really disappointed that I didn't feel the same way because this is essentially the DC Universe's third film that ventures into more fun stuff, you know, getting away from the gritty grimfest of Suicide Squad and, of course, Batman v Superman. So after Wonder Woman and propelled by things like Aquaman, I I thought, you know, this was going to be the third one to lift DC completely into the funverse, you know. Apparently some people see that. I don't. Actually, a lot of people online said it was super fun. Like some of the, I mean, lighthearted, energetic, breath of fresh air. Those were like the expressions that were thrown around a lot. Yeah. No, I've read those too. Uh, It's not what I felt. And I went in with, you know, I was in a good mood. The story is that a runaway foster child called Billy Batson, desperately looking to find his real mum, is given superpowers by this ancient wizard played by Demon Hunsu. Just say my name, which is Shazam. And he turns into Zachary Levi in super buff, big, cheesy, red suit mode. It owes a lot to 80s films, specifically big. The rest of it just didn't really come together for me because it failed to take off, which is ironic. So what, like you f- you felt it was boring or slow? Well, yeah, that's it exactly, really. I was bored. It lacks in pace. It dawdles. Tonally, it's all over the place. Sometimes it goes a bit too serious. Sometimes it gets a bit too light. It veers between Nickelodeon sitcom and dramedy, and the two don't really mix. And I have to say, maybe I'm a bit old-fashioned in this, but sometimes the type of swearing that's in it is too much for a PG-13 for me. I'd be surprised, because this is skewed at much younger children, it feels. And suddenly you get someone's, you know, dropping a, the S-bomb, it feels wrong. I, I do also wonder, is it the curse of watching the trailers? Now, I've not specifically mm. gone out to watch a lot of trailers of Shazam or any footage, but it appears that just by through some form of video osmosis, those are the bits I saw in the trailer. Possibly mm. a bit extended, but nothing fresh. And there's definitely nothing like, wow, I've not seen that before. So a lot of the time, it's just fairly airless. Again, it's got this 80s feel because it's set... Uh, unusually in Philadelphia in midwinter and it feels 80s because you realise just how little cold weather fashion has advanced in 30 (laughs) years because yeah everyone's got the same hats everyone's got the same puffer jackets everyone's got the same I suppose even from like reading the um, synopsis and watching the trailers I did feel that the plot seems really predictable like nothing unexpected that's another thing that brings it down it's not really plot driven it ambles towards mm. a finale and you've got to bear in mind this is two hours 12 minutes and it's a kids show there's clearly not enough plot going on 
it should be about half an hour, 45 minutes shorter. It's a, it could be a decent hour and a half, but even then. The director, his previous stuff has been mostly kind of very low, no-budget horror. David F. Sandberg, who has done stuff like Annabelle Creation, mm-hmm. you know, one of the doll spin-off things, and uh, Lights Out. And here, mm-hmm. it feels a very small film. It doesn't have that expanse. It doesn't ha- really have that joy that I was right. expecting. It like the drama and the sort of scope of a DC film. You know, there's films like, say, uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man or even The Amazing Spider-Man, you know, where, where you, or even Harry Potter come to that. You know, a young person finds they have superpowers. There is excitement. There is joy. It's like, wow, look what I can do. And this doesn't have it. And it feels very enclosed, very small. Uh, it doesn't have... Considering it's a film about someone who's powered by lightning, it was, has lightning bolts happen every time they say the name. It just doesn't have that spark. By the way, that also gets a bit tired. That Having this little plot device of going, Shazam, Shazam, you know, up and down, up and down, it, it gets old. It feels, even though they do reference other DC Universe characters, it feels like an off-brand DC film. That's what it sounds like. But again, that's just me. Clearly, loads of people love this. But compared to something like Aquaman, that was just, it's fun. Hmm. And this just didn't feel like fun. So any saving graces? I think the acting generally is good. Hmm. Zachary Levy fits this kind of fish out of water, teen in a grown man's body thing. I can see that. it's It's very similar to the role he played in Chuck. And the other kids, Ash Angel, who plays young Billy, is pretty good. Same for Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays his uh, foster brother, Faith Herman, as well as this very precocious young girl called Dala. She's also one of the foster family. So everyone's kind of like, okay in it. (laughs) Everything seems fine. Mark Strong is the villainous Dr. Savannah in this. Now, he was given the option to become Shazam back in the day, little version of Dr. Savannah, the version with hair, gets taken to this see the wizard. And whilst the wizard is talking to him, the seven deadly sins who are locked in these statues start whispering to him, and he gets attracted to it. At which point the wizard says, you are not worthy because you have been easily influenced by the seven deadly sins. Oh, dear. And he casts him out. I think Mark Strong is slightly too old for the role because there's a scene where... (laughs) He goes back to his dad's boardroom because his dad runs this huge corporation. Uh, And his dad hasn't aged in 30 or 40 years or whatever it is. Um, Mark Strong seems a bit old to be playing kind of like father-issue, rebellious Uh, child kind of thing. I can see what you mean, though. He sets the seven deadly sins on this boardroom of people and they're meant to be eviscerated and stuff like that. And he has no compunction about killing, (laughs) except when it comes to... uh, Billy Batson's foster family, in which case, you know, he, he refers to hold them hostage rather than anything else. Strangely, little bit, it becomes more pantomime. I mean, Mark Strong is very much playing the pantomime villain in this. But, you know, loads of people have said, oh, what a breath of fresh air. So, hey, I'm going to have to go see it again. I'll probably go see it just... Uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see what you make of it. Oh, one last bit. I, I found it very strange that they left this in as it is. The end credits. There is a song by the punk band The Ramones. Okay. I Don't Want to Grow Up. And there's animation 
of some of the characters that you've seen and so it's scenes that you've seen in the film done in a kind of like it's scrawled in a school exercise book you know the, so you've yep. got the, the faint lines. lines and all that kind of stuff and all this kind of like uh, ballpoint pen style scribble happening is so reminiscent of the end credits of Spider-Man Homecoming it at the end of like Spider-Man it. Homecoming it's a Ramones track which is Blitzkrieg Bot, which they played during Spider-Man Homecoming, but it's a romance track over the top of textbook scroll. Hmm. And I, it, I don't know. It just for me, maybe it's because I've got a longer memory. For you know, even though Spider-Man Homecoming was only 2017, it felt very reductive. You know, it's mm. like wow, you you really just want to pin yourself to that, even though it's a high school based film, sure, but yeah. It really just sounds like this is one of those movies that I've just got to go and watch and see what I think. I would say go see it for yourself because, yeah, it's a different film to what everyone else saw, apparently. Because when I was reading the reviews to prep for this, it really just sounded so great. <laughs> it sounded so like cute and sweet and heartwarming and fun. The, the ingredients are there. I wish it had come together better. I wish you could see his face. He looks so upset. Disappointed is why I am because I really wanted this to work. And it's DC, right? And like after following Aquaman, which you really liked, pretty excited for oh, it. Oh, by the way, the demon demon Hunsu thing, right? Uh-huh. So the character Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel. He was uh, created as a parallel to Superman back in the day. Then DC bought the company that owned Captain Marvel, and they brought it in. And then later on, a few years down the line, Marvel say. Uh, you've got a character that's named after us. Cease and desist, please, because we've already got a Captain Marvel and that's doing a lot more better than yours. Blah, 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 blah. Interesting. So they, DC says, fine, we'll change him to Shazam, but not, he's no longer Captain Marvel. But Demon Hunsu appeared in Captain Marvel, the Marvel film with Brie Larson, and now he's in Shazam. Interesting. Nay, Captain Marvel. Nay, Captain Marvel. So, so, um, mm-hmm. you've been to see a film by yourself. I did. Well, I went with a friend, but... <gasps> a friend. I have friends. On the outside. <laughs> We're always surprised. In the outside world. When any of us have friends outside of the office. So. What did you go see? I went to see this new Thai rom-com called Friend Zone. So it stars... Well, I'm, I'm going to butcher all these names. I'm going to try. Oh, I'm so pleased it's not me for once, but go ahead. (laughs) Let's enjoy the moment. Uh And apologies to all our Thai friends. They are so hard to say. Away you go. So it stars, the female lead is Pim Chanok Luvisad Paibul. I I tried. Again, I'm incredibly apologetic to all Thai listeners. I'm really trying here, but the but the male but the male lead I can say because I I make sure a huge fan. He's called Napat Sang Sombun. Well done. Well done, right? Uh, apologies to the actress then, because <laughs> that was terrible. I tried. Okay, so it's a rom com that stars, um, you know, a pair of childhood friends, well, they're high school friends, and and the the it's quite interesting because the movie starts with them, you know. Show, showcasing exactly how close they are as friends. So they, they go through like challenges in life together. And it's pretty interesting because throughout the film, it takes vignettes from several phases of their lives. So it year by year. And it sort of 
leads you to where they are today. I feel like it's a classic rom-com in the sense that it takes tropes that are all over like the rom-com Is it explained verse. in the title yes. that they are both in each other's friend zone? Pretty much. So if, if you go in expecting, you know, some kind of like modern interpretation or some like really woke kind of modern day rom-com style kind of thing, you're not going to get that. You're going to get the old school 90s friend zone. Everything is just straight up cheesy. But it's so much fun. Like, I think throughout the whole movie, like, everyone's just laughing and crying. And it was just, it's just a good time. Like, it's not the most sophisticated film. But but it's enjoyable. It's it's really good for, like, a night out to just relax and, and watch something silly. Also really touching. Are there any particular moments to watch out for? Is, is there a particular bit that grabbed you beyond everything else? It was It was pretty interesting how they chose to tie the narrative in together. So, I mean, this is not a spoiler, but... The one recurring image throughout the entire film was a bunch of, I think, four or five guys sort of talking about being in the friend zone. And I mean, they're obviously there for comic relief, but they sort of tie the whole story together. So they introduce like the different phases in this couple's lives. A good date movie, even though it's called Friend Zone. Are people going to feel that I shouldn't have watched that now I'm in the friend zone? Actually, I feel like it is a pretty good date movie. It's very few good. Like by the end of it, you'll be like, oh, I would like to love somebody too. Ugh. Definitely not for you. <laughs> like, right after, right after I watched it, because like you know, I knew we were going to be recording this. I was like, yeah, JB's going to hate this movie. I don't know. I could be turned. I, mean, I, I don't mind a, a good rom com every now and again. If there's a classic rom com that I have to like, that I would liken this to, it'll be like John Tucker Must Die. That kind of feel. Is that a rom com? John Tucker Must Die. Yes. I don't know. It's a bit after my time. <laughs> not, I, I was never quite the demographic for John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> I would hope not. It doesn't sound like a rom-com. It's a high school kind of thing, is it? Yeah, it's it's kind of like Mean Girls and Clueless, but... Well, there we have it. Two recommendations. It seems like these are almost two challenges to go out and see. Is Shazam as meh as I'm saying? And will Friendzone... Bring romance into your life. The joy of romance into your life. And in that cheesy mood, it's time to remind you, if you're listening on iTunes, Google Podcast, or indeed Spotify, do like, rate, and review us. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, actually, we would. Uh, in the meantime, to you, the listener, thank you for listening. Suan, thank you for joining me. Thank you. And until next time, goodbye. Bye. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.